So what's, what's making a difference between routine and ritual for us is a ritual is done with intention. And if we can infuse a few, just really micro rituals, creative rituals into our lives, like wouldn't that be, you know, a, a better day or a better hour? Results May Vary is a podcast and a community to help you design your life. Through our work in the fields of design, innovation, and executive coaching, Chris, Katya, and I have learned that the creative problem-solving strategies we use to help organizations tackle tough challenges apply to people challenges, too. The design process is universal. Gaining empathy and taking action is useful for every industry and individual alike. Our hope is that by sharing stories from people who've designed their own lives in unique ways, take what's useful and apply it on your own. So tune in, take note, try an experiment, and then try another. We're all born creators, and every day is a whole new chance to create. Today, we're delighted to welcome artist, designer, and educator, Purin Panichibant. With his roots in Northern Thailand, where he spent part of his life as a Buddhist monk, Combined with his background in designing innovative products in Silicon Valley, Perrin's work reminds us to take a pause, play, touch, and take joy in simplicity. Whether it's rethinking cultural rituals or using art to examine the parallels between the universe and the brain, Perrin's interactive objects and installations engage people in co-creation. Let's listen in as Perrin shares his perspective on the infinite potential of creativity and how you can turn mindless routines into more mindful rituals, especially now when it's harder to engage in the shared societal rituals we've always relied on. So today we're talking with Perin Panichipan, who is a colleague of mine from way back in the day at IDEO, and then just a dear, dear friend from ever since then, a designer, artist, all-around amazing individual. So we're so happy to have you on the show. Welcome, Perrin. Yay. So good to be here. Um, yeah, I know that you've been running this podcast for a really long time, but uh, I, I feel so honored to be part of this. Oh, absolutely. You're one of the most creative and generative people that I've ever met. Yeah, just give us a little background on who you are, okay. what you've been up to. The shortest version, I would say I, I grew up in Thailand until the age of 16, 17, sometime around that. And then I came to study in the U.S., two years of high school up in Northern California in Ukiah. And then I went to study industrial design, human-computer interaction at Carnegie Mellon. I worked at Microsoft for a little bit. I went back to Thailand and then became a Buddhist monk for a little bit. And then I got uh, into grad school at Stanford product design and, and went to work for IDEO for a little bit. And uh, right around sort of my th three-year mark at IDEO, I was like, hmm, kind of like wanting to follow my intuition for uh, traveling around the world and also to make more things with my hands. And so since then, I had been calling myself mm -hmm. a full-time artist, part-time designer to support my artist career. Yeah, Purin, do you want to talk a little bit about the the art that you've been making most recently? Mm. Sure. Most recently, I have always loved anything that's sort of uh, interactive. For me, I always think about the interaction that people have with the interfaces, the software interfaces, and 
um, the product, the physical products as well. And growing up in Thai culture, we have this concept of um, to be, uh, we call it grain jai. And grain jai means to be aware of other people's hearts, to be aware of other people's feelings. And I really think that my um, UX <laughs> interaction design career, uh, which now has evolved into interactive art, grew out from that culture of, of thinking about other people, being empathetic. And for me, I just kind of want you know, get, you know, maybe let people play with my installation or my art pieces for a little bit. Now my message centers around um, how do you, how do I get people to be more mindful? How do I get people to uh, not get to, how, how do I share this knowledge that I've learned through my meditations and mindfulness practices? And one of the qualities, and I'm, that's why I'm also so excited that we're speaking with Perrin is, is his incredible generosity and and um childlike way to see the world with wonder with play with generosity with kindness and 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 um all the ways that you're able to go from an idea to materializing it through your art i love i love the 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 lens you have on the world which is and that's what i meant by your generosity is you're always looking at how do i share this you know, you have an experience that is very beneficial, which is very healing, that you're very enthusiastic. And right away, it's how do I share? Mm-hmm. And, and when we start framing things that way, really, that level of amplification can touch so many. I wondered if you could give us some tangible examples of how mm-hmm. your artwork engages people. I think, it, you know, it's hard to grasp when someone's listening to mm-hmm. a podcast versus being in the room and interacting with your pieces. But yeah, I, th- I would love to hear how you describe them. Well, Kati actually came to my exhibit, which is at mm-hmm. the St. Ignatius Church um, at, at the University of San Francisco. So we got together, artists, neuroscientists, and um, neuro, well, neuroscientists, but also astrophysicists. And then we we're trying to kind of figure out what are the commonalities between you know, the universe and the human brain and you know how, how can art be a channel for us to transmit that knowledge or, or that realization and what i end up creating was this kind of a i would say a six feet wide uh, diameter geodesic dome sphere that people can poke their their heads inside and inside is um an array of uh, reflective materials and some lights um kind of like a very geometric very buckminster fuller sort of uh feeling but the idea that we're trying to communicate right here is you know um the astrophysicists and the neuroscientists both agree that the universe is actually finite <laughs> and, and uh, you know we, we tend to think that universe is infinite right so in, in a similar way that our brains are finite matter like you you know that there's like a, a three pound lump of meat inside of your skull um and in the same way you can think of the universe as finite um, but what's what we want to reveal is that, you know, within this finite matter, we actually have infinite potential within our brains to, within our, our minds to create realities, to create, uh, you know, whatever um, imaginations or um, both visuals and sensorial, um, however we like. And um, in the same way that, that the, the fabric of the universe is finite, but um, inside it's just infinite infinite potential for for uh, life forms to thrive and for you know galaxies to be born and collapse and things like that so we're trying to to draw that parallel between the two um, universe and the brain and we ended up calling the the chamber of infinite potential 
And that was that was just a very masterful piece. And that's what I mean by by Perrin's art being healing and and, and an experience. At the time, um, in my family, my my stepfather was getting ready to pass away, and he his reality was on a bed in a room and and very, very, very limited. And we were caring for him. And Perrin had told me about this art piece of, of the chamber. Uh, and I went to the church, to the St. Ignatius. And as I arrived, the, the dome was dark. And so you see this very specifically finite black dome. And then you go in and you put your head inside and it's complete infinitude of light and possibilities and a cosmos. And that literally transformed me and it gave me new insights and uplift and a new understanding of how I could help my stepfather. And despite the illusion of his situation being finite and the movement of his body, what, what together we could create to bring him more ease and, and really leveraging imagination and these, these gifts, these, these infinite potential that are really in us. Thank you. I did not know that story fully, but um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been doing a lot of thinking recently around mm -hmm. rituals. And I yes. think that this is a great time for people to be thinking about new habits, new rituals, new things that they want in their life mm -hmm. and what they want their future to look like. What are some of the things you've been thinking about recently? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. Um, the main thing that I'm working on, I would say um, a little project called Thingy, T-H-I-N-G-Y dot world. I, I grew up in Thailand, Northern Thailand specifically, and I have all these rituals that I'm carrying with me, um, you know, specific to my culture. We, we have all these little kind of like, they, they, they don't have to be almost like this shamanic uh, ritual or, you know, like something scary, you know, like I, I certainly have um, some of that growing up as a, as a Buddhist, but there are other these other little things as well that we might not call rituals per se. Um, for example, uh, my dad, I was on the phone with him um, super recently and he was like, well, I have this thing where I dress according to a particular color of uh, the day. And I was like, oh, I, I, know, I know what you mean because I grew up you know, in kindergarten, they would teach that Monday is yellow, um, Tuesday is pink and Wednesday is green and Thursday is, uh, is orange and things like that. And he was like, yeah, you know, like I, I, I dress accordingly to those colors. So even if it's just, if it's just one little thing um, uh, on my shirt or on a pin or a, a belt or a bracelet, um, I try to have yellow on, um, on Monday and I have uh, pink on Tuesday. And those little things, um, they spark joy. And they, it's almost like this kind of uh, little nuggets of life that it's almost like life hacks or something like that, that we're really trying to, you know, like, oh my God, there's so many of these little micro um, creative rituals that people perform and that they're not being, uh, they're not being captured anywhere and they're not, uh, and, and, the, and the intent behind certain things sometimes get lost, you know, over time. 
And had I not asked my dad, I would not have kind of latched on to that. And it was like, oh, wait, that's that's one of the things that we're, you know, trying to capture. And um, I have a lot of these personal rituals as well. You know, we, we from the moment we wake up, we actually perform so many um, routine sort of actions, right? But, but um, you know, well, let's say you brush your teeth or you go in the shower. That's a routine as well. But sometimes it performs so robotically that, you know, we just kind of don't even think about them. So what's, what's making a difference between routine and ritual for us is a ritual is done with intention. And if we can infuse a few just really micro rituals, creative rituals into our lives, like wouldn't that be, you know, a, a better day or a better hour or a better, you know, just for one minute, you can have a whole full on um, uh, meditative ritual around drinking um, water so many little things in your life that you can be more mindful of that you can catalyze or spark joy or or sense of gratitude or sense of creativity sense of uh strength or something like that so it's just uh, amazing these little recipes so that's what we're trying to capture and what i love about them is is they give a sense of it's like you're cherishing your day more you're cherishing yourself more when you deliberately do these little things. That was what was so interesting to me about what you had shared originally with about this idea was, you know, these little thingies that we do every day. A lot of times we forget that we're even doing them. It just reminded me, oh yeah, I sprinkle black pepper into my ketchup when I go to fast food restaurants. Uh, it's something that my older brother used to do. And he passed away when I was 17. And and I'm 45 now and I still sprinkle the black pepper in my ketchup. And most of the time I would say I don't really think about it, but then sometimes I, I do and I remember him and it's just a moment to have that reconnection to the relationship. And it might sound completely ridiculous, but I feel like we all have those, those types of things that we do. And what I love about what you're doing with Thingy is that you're bringing that into the conversation. You're reminding people that we probably each, all of us, have something that we're doing like this uh, and, and to reconnect with it. Yeah, and to not be afraid of sharing it even, right? You said, oh, it might sound ridiculous. But to me, it's like, wow, I, I would never know black pepper and ketchup could mean so much to you. Favorite one so far is um, it's called a random book quote. And you can open uh, a book, uh, any book, from your bookshelf, right? And just open to a random page and, and just read a random sentence or a few sentences. And this is inspired by Elena Brower, by the way, one of the gurus around, around practicing life and things like that. Um, and yeah, and then you just read the quote and see how it connects with you right now. So, you know, one minute of that sparks me so much joy. I also, I also think that to be deliberate about the thingies or the rituals is particularly important at this time mm -hmm. because most of people's lives is being really shaken up. And when that happens, and a lot of our societal rituals we can't do at this time because of the quarantine and, and, and COVID. And so when that happens, to be able to pay attention maybe to the thingies that you do or also choose what, what's the new ritual, what are the new thingies you need to start doing now mm -hmm. to take care of yourself. Yeah, and it's not so much like you talked earlier about um, 
routine and ritual and sort of what the differences are. And I feel like we talk a lot in this show about behavior change and how do you get yourself to do the things that you you know, want to do or, or feel like you should be doing, but it's still really hard to do. What mm-hmm. I like about this is it's a lower level of fidelity and, mm-hmm. and there's no pressure. It's like, I don't have to do these things. It's something that I want to do and to be mindful of, you've mentioned like just yeah. moments of mindfulness throughout your day to make you happy. It's not about getting in shape or, you know, like flossing, like your dentist tells you, it's mm-hmm. just, how do I elicit a little bit of joy from the more mundane moments of my life? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, one of the things Tracy that you were also highlighting um, and the, the two of you were highlighting is that difference between the to-do list, the should, and maybe more like the little pleasures. Mm-hmm. Right. When Corinne, when you're talking about wearing a specific color, there's that intentionality, but there's some pleasure in that. Are you aware or or do you have examples of how bringing in that sense of play allows for the behaviors to stick? Ooh. Um, I mean, I can certainly talk a little bit about uh, creativity, creative habits, right? Um, you know, data meditation is actually the one that I'm practicing right now that I'm like, wow, every time I do my data meditation and I record these uh, to put on Minnesota Street Project's uh, Instagram channel, um, I, I get so creative. And I'm, it's almost like my, my brain has just been injected with creative juice, almost mm. like coffee, but better. Um, and, and it's, it's it gives me so much clarity and creativity and, um, it's almost like that, that boost. That's amazing. You had mentioned the Dada meditation before. And I have to say that as somebody who's, I'm not an artist or I don't, you know, I'm not entrenched in the world or like exposed to all of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt it felt like I didn't understand what it was. So it felt distanced to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you explain it, I'm like, how come I'm not doing this every day? You're putting it out there. This is amazing. This is free. Yeah, it's it free, is. better than coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Creative juice. Well, you know, I think that's the perfect example, Perrin, of you, you started doing them because it was it was fun. It was playful. You were just trying it out for fun. And now you're at the 21st episode about to do season two. And I know you're getting, you know, such beautiful feedback from people that are using it, who are experiencing mm-hmm. it and it's life changing for them. And I think it, you know, ties back a little bit into that notion of um, creative rituals that we do for ourselves, right? That if we have intention around our, our rituals and, you know, let's say this evening or maybe tomorrow morning or something like that, you, you brush your teeth, imagine doing something a little bit different, you know, putting the toothpaste in your mouth before putting the, the toothbrush in there or something like that. I don't know. But you, ca- you can imagine that. And in, in it's uh, what I call carving a new neural pathway. Yep. And you, you basically um, do something that your brain did not expect to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 and I would do these little hacks in my life. Um, so I, I'm a little bit of a runner. I, I run uh, a lot of times through Golden Gate Park or through the panhandle. But nowadays I'm running, I have this new method called running with my intuition, letting my intuition intuition guide me. So whenever there's a red light um, you know, blocking me from crossing the street, I was just kind of like turn in the direction that just allowed me to keep going. I, I, I end up at places in the city where I do not recognize at all. And to me, that's like 
literally inside your brain, there's like a new little nook inside your brain that has been carved out. After these runs, I get both the workout and I get, you know, to be even more creative during my day. And it's just like, whoa, um, you know, two, two, killing two birds in one stone. And I love it so much. Yeah, I definitely think of, of movement as my creative ritual because mm-hmm. every time I'm moving, I, I just, I'm downloading these amazing creative ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was asking someone about that, uh, a trainer, and he was saying that when we're sitting down working and focused, we're taking a lot of energy to inhibit our brain to only work one way. Mm-hmm. But when we're stimulating our brain by changing little things like what you're describing or sort of zooming out, but and also stimulating through movement, our whole brain gets to function the way it was really intended to. And that's why since you're no longer inhibiting, you're just getting all this creative juice to use your language. Paul, when you you speak about what you've been creating and all the creative juice, I can't help but notice that that mode is different than the comparison mode. Mm -hmm. And as a creator and someone who teaches on play, I was wondering if you could tell us more about that and how you get into that creative juice mode. Yeah, comparison sucks. <laughs> comparison <laughs> sucks the creative energy out of you, truly. I think we have been conditioned to think or to see ourselves through the uh, who we admire. It's almost like, A, you want to be like them, and B, how do I get there? And how do I, you know, what are the checkboxes, right? So, so we've been conditioned to kind of almost like, oh, look at that recipe of success or what do you mean by success? And you end up, comparing yourself or like oh are you in the moma now or are you you know being collected by so and so blah 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 and it's just like i don't think that's helpful um it's not a helpful narrative for artists to kind of have to be in a competitive environment to compete against each other that's kind of like a, a scarcity uh mm-hmm. consciousness right <laughs> then yeah. you know like like let's just share let's just make shit and 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 put it out there in the world and you know if people resonate with it that's great if people don't then there's nothing wrong with that so um i i i think i'm trying to you know i as i practice myself each and every day i i try to be in that space of digging inside uh, what is it that i want to express and you know how do i best express it without waiting for people to kind of approve of me or to be like, oh, that's good. That's good art. And that's, uh, that's such a liberating thing. But what you described is, is something that I see very, very often, and it seems to be a life rule, which is the more you're fundamentally yourself and give yourself permission to be yourself and express that, mm-hmm. things start to really work out. And those who are looking for you can find you. serendipity accelerates and I can say that in my coaching practice every single time people will start saying god it feels really good to be me and as they do that and show that and express that things just take off so that's fundamentally a life rule love it well Perrin we can't wait to see how you become more of yourself over the next few months, the next few years, your lifetime. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your wisdom today. Thank you. This is, I I rarely think of it as wisdom and more just, you know, Purin's life stories. All I'm trying to do is is I'm just sharing and that's less of a goal now for me. And it's more of just like, I'm just going to keep doing me and, um, and, you know, go on with this 
flow of this cosmic time and space journey. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. <laughs> well, so, so grateful to be on a journey with you at the same Yay. cosmic time and space. Yay. <laughs> All right. So many different universes too, right? Multiverses, That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> he's just so lovely he's such a joy i he is such a dear dear person so generous thoughtful kind just yeah loving a loving spirit i so cherish his childlike nature his infinite curiosity and his his thirst for life and it just he never ceases to amaze me in that way yeah and he always he's an invitation to interact like he himself is. He's always looking for opportunities to include people, whether it's in his art or, you know, the work that he does as a designer or as a teacher. I mean, he's always inviting people into the conversation. And I just love that about him. Yeah. I was so touched when he spoke about that Thai expression of to be aware of other people's hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so his life. His how he moves through life. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing that, how culture can influence you to look at the world in a different lens. And that's why I love, you know, working with designers from so many different backgrounds, because we all bring a different view of quote unquote reality to, to the work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then so much more is possible because of it. What's really beautiful about Karen is is also because he's so heart based. A lot of his creations are truly healing, and I, I I did share about how experiencing some of his installations really had such an impact in my own life and in yeah. my family's life. And it was very nice to be able to let him know that. Yeah, that was so that was so gracious of you to share with him. I could see that that might not be something that you know is easy to talk about. So thank you for for sharing that, not just with him, but with all of us too. One of the things I love, Tracy, is when you talked about these everyday moments uh, that are rituals, that, that, that are these easy thingies that are just reminding us moment by moment of our mindfulness. And I loved where you took that discussion. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it does make you stop and sort of assess your own life and wonder, what else am I doing? There, there is a mindfulness to it. And then I think that there is like a habituation to it where it gets lost. So thinking back to when Cairo was talking about, you know, for behavior change, you want something to be mindless. So a ritual can start with the intention and, and all the heart and emotion and, and thought that goes behind it and then sort of fade into the background. So it's nice to be reminded of why you do certain things. Yeah, and, and when you shared your story about the ketchup and the pepper, it really opened my mind to some of the thingies that I do. Mm. And what are some of, of your thingies? <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, let's talk about the ones I can share. Okay, fair. fair. Um, but but the, but one of the ways that I make coffee in the morning is is how my stepfather would make coffee for me because in my world he would make the best coffee and um and so I started 
getting the filters from Japan and, and getting the same kind of coffee and doing, doing it manually. It's almost like a dance. And I hadn't realized that that's one of the ways I stay connected to him until you shared your story. Really? Oh my goodness. That's lovely. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like Katya, you and I have been doing sort of our own, um, micro creative rituals just (laughs) since COVID and around like showering and it sort of happened organically. But now that like we've had this conversation, I feel like, oh, wow, we've been practicing what we preach. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about what that's been like? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So let's invite everybody. I think you, you had heard me talk about using essential oils during showers as a way to increase energy. And so you found these amazing cakes almost shower cakes uh, with essential oil yeah and then I got excited about like well what else could we do in the shower that like gives it more of a sense of an experience because you know with COVID and you know waking up every morning and being like oh gosh another day more of the same it's like I need a reason to want to get into the shower I don't know if I should admit that to people but it's the reality it's like what, how can I go through like the everyday, sorry, I'm doing it again, where I'm like, I shouldn't be talking about this. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) So we had the shower bombs. And then one day you and I were talking about hacking travel. And you spoke about these amazing baths that you had in Turkey. And one day I opened my door and sure enough, there's this brown box. I'm like, what is this? And I opened the box and you'd sent me the soaps the exact olive oil soaps from Turkey mm-hmm. and the special bag that creates bubbles like I've never experienced before and uh, a copper bowl. And you showed me how you, you sent me a video on how to do this Turkish bubble shower ritual thing. And that was unbelievable and had me laughing. Totally. I think the house shook. I laughed so hard because it was so <laughs> much fun. Well, so that yeah. was the next level. And then I was like, well, when have I experienced the best bubbles ever? And I was like, oh, that was when I got a Turkish bath. And yeah, they have this like special bag that you fill with air and you get it all soapy. And then it just like, it's this luxuriating cascade of gentle bubbles all over your body. And so I thought, well, If they have them in Turkey, they have to have them on the internet. And then I found this amazing online store that's run by these two Turkish sisters who they had all of the accoutrements that, you know, that you needed for a bath like that. So I I experimented, I did it myself and I thought it was amazing. And then I thought, well, who would love this more than you? (laughs) The true iterative mindset, right? As a designer. And then you took it next level, your turn. You shared the next upgrade. Oh man. Well, because... You can't have a Turkish bath every day. Like you need to have different experiences. So then I was like, I need music. I need to dance or sing in the shower. And then I got this tiny little waterproof, you know, light pulsing speaker system. So yeah, then that took it. I told you about it. And then, yeah. Just and that's going, the way just, going. <laughs> absolutely we keep upping the game the shower game where it's a it's now a bubble disco party every time <laughs> and and that's how I discovered you know we talk about how context creates behavior mm-hmm. having that water that waterproof speaker with like lights yeah literally is how I discovered that I'll sing and dance in the shower yeah. and but to have that much joy and play yeah and fun in a daily thingy when 
in the outside of our homes, all these things are going on. I think that yeah. the heist of the shower remodel experience was when we were experiencing severe smoke from the fires. Yeah. And, and so yeah. that just created uh, a completely different experience. And the takeaway is what we always say, you can design for anything. Mm -hmm. Playfulness is a gift. And think like a designer and iterate and share. I think that's the part and is the share. sharing. Well, yeah. You know what? <laughs> if it wasn't for you, I would have, you know, I might've heard about the essential oils and I might've gotten them and then I would have stopped. Right. I wouldn't have kept going, but us kind of volleying it back and forth is really <laughs> what made it fun. And also just thinking that like what you couldn't have a smaller part of your life to design for, you know, the shower stall or the bathtub and and you can design in that space and it doesn't have to be expensive, right? It can be an essential oil. It can be a, a fun mitt that you like shower with. Like these are small things that we can do to have these simple pleasures that you always like to talk about. Stack the simple pleasures. Yeah. That's the whole point. And that's the freedom. Every time we say you can create for anything, it's, it allows our imagination to take over and design these experiences that are so satisfying and so playful and so beyond what mm -hmm. we thought could happen, even if it's just a simple waterproof speaker. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Oh, Thanks I wish for, for everyone to play this way. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we did it. All right, that's a wrap. Want more? We'd love to have you participate in the conversation we're having about life design by joining our Results May Vary podcast Facebook group. That's where we'll share more tips, tricks, and inspiration, and where you can share your own experiments with fellow community members who also know and believe that we're all born creators, and every day is a whole new chance to create. And as always, thanks so much for listening to Results May Vary!